Hello, everybody. Welcome back to No Internal Monologue, where I talk about whatever I want. I don't know when to shut the fuck up. Anyways, <laughs> so today I have a very special... I'm kidding. It's just me again. Surprise! Two episodes where it's just me? Wow. I could never... Here we are. Um, so, before we get into everything that I want to talk about, catch up of the week. Um, I got a new tattoo. Two days ago. Today, I am recording on the 8th of September. I just got a tattoo as of two days ago. Um, it took nine and a half hours to do, which, holy shit, I gotta say, I, I gotta applaud myself for that. I literally sat there like a trooper. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, I got a tattoo of the strength card from Tarot, which has the Elton John design on it. He's wearing his funky little like jumpsuit with like space stuff. He's sitting on a crocodile playing the piano with like a little rainbow in the background, the yellow brick road, whatever. Um, and it's the design that Scorpio Denim came up with, which if you know my show by now, you know exactly who Scorpio Denim is. So they have been texting me like crazy and like sharing it like crazy, like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Um, so yeah. Um, I got their stuff as a tattoo. I also added a little flower on top because, um, there's a little tattoo that I did as a stick and poke back fucking, like, ages ago, it feels like. Um, and it was supposed to be, like, a vinyl disc with, like, stars and, um, like, flowers around it. But the way that I did it, it was very freehanded, very, like, impulsive. Um, so it kind of looks like a pepperoni nipple with some scratches. So I was like, yeah, I can't have this on my arm anymore. So I just covered it up with this little flower. And I went to Kitty Lightning at Starlight Tattoos. She's absolutely, absolutely incredible at what she does. Um, it's so vibrant. It's so pretty. All the little details. I, like, look at them and I see more and more, like, tiny little details where, where I'm just like how did you do that? <laughs> I'm looking at it. I'm still looking at it now. And I'm like, I see little tiny crocodile teeth. I see like every little stripe in the rainbow is so crisp. I see like the coloration in the suit. And I'm like, how did you do that? Like, girl, <laughs> I, I don't know. So it is super bright, super vibrant. I will say it's a little sore. Um, I, <laughs> I don't know if Kitty is listening to this or not, which I hope she is. Shout out to you. Um, but I, <laughs> I was like sitting there and of course I was sitting like a rock and I was a trooper like during the whole thing, which go me. I will say though, there were some spots that she was tattooing, which we call spicy spots where it's just like, Ooh, okay. I feel that a little bit. And I'd like scrunch my nose, make some faces. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to be fine. I don't need the stress ball by me. I'm fine. Yeah, like, halfway through the shading, I was, like, squeezing the fuck out of that stress ball. I was like, oh, okay. Um, and, like, it wasn't, like, bad to the point where I had to, like, stop any any time through, which was good. Um, it was, like, I love the line work on the tattoo. It's the shading that really gets me. I don't know what my deal is with, like, the big shader that we have um, to do, like, tattoos and do, like, bigger details and stuff like that. The biggest shader that she used, that just killed me, especially when it was like by my wrist and it, when it was by like the flower that's a little bit more by my elbow. Um, that really, that really just got me, but we did it and it looks absolutely fantastic and I'm absolutely obsessed with it. Um, so if you are around like the Iowa, hello, if you're in the Iowa area, if you're from Iowa <laughs> and if you're like 
really looking forward to going to like Waverly Cedar Falls, Waterloo, like that area, I highly suggest that you get a tattoo through Starlight Tattoos. It's an all-female shop and their work is absolutely incredible and they are so nice and so sweet. I absolutely loved my time there. Um, so yeah, hopefully, um, hopefully I can get a small business of the week shout out from them and promote them a little bit more. Um, and while we're at it, um, hopefully I can collab with them more on bigger projects or maybe I can even, I had this idea for my Patreon when it launches where I'm thinking of doing like video episodes and like having a certain amount for each tier. And for the highest tier, I'm thinking about, um... I'm thinking about recording a podcast while I'm getting tattooed. Um, and that would be absolutely, what a fun time that would have. What would, what a fun time that would be. Which I am actually writing it down right now because like sometimes I just forget to write things down, which, you know, that's, that's very on brand for me. You know, I took my ADHD meds today, which I switched actually. I'm not on Ritalin anymore. I am on, um... I'm on an ADHD medication that is similar to Concerta, I think that's what I'm on. I have to look at the label because it's very, very new. It's instead of like a twice a day thing, it's like a once a day thing and it's more like long acting. So then I don't have to worry about it as much throughout the day, which thank God. Um, but yeah, um, because usually I'll take it in the morning and then I'm supposed to take it around like noon or one at the very latest because if I take it any later than that, then like, <laughs> good luck with sleeping. Um, and I always forget to take it around like the noon or one area and then it gets too late for me to take it in the afternoon. I'm like, fuck. So I forget, <laughs> which funny enough, I, me forgetting to take my ADHD medication. How fun is that? Um, so, um, that's great. Um, I'm excited about that. Um, and yeah, um, today I just, I'm just going to dive right in, honestly. Today I'm going to be talking about a topic that's really been on my mind lately. And I've noticed that like, I've had my grandma Donna on the show before. I think it was episode 67 that I had her on. Go check that out. She was an absolute sweetheart during the recording and she did way better than she thought that she did. Um, so go listen to that, go stream. You'll get to meet my number one fan. Um, but sometimes I'll notice that I will talk with her on FaceTime a lot about this topic. And then sometimes I'll see like people from like the Gen X generation or like boomer generation talking about this quite a lot and kind of like shitting on Gen Z a little bit. And they are always asking like, oh, why don't you want to work anymore? Oh, you guys are so entitled and you're so lazy. Oh my God. Um, I wanted to just sit down and talk about that for a little bit because it's like one of those things where I will sit there, well, I'll sit here or sit anywhere, honestly, and I will just think of a topic and then hyperfixating is something that I notice that I do a lot, especially with my hyperactive ADHD. I'll hyperfixate on something or hyperfocus on something where I'll have a topic and if I'm so interested in it, it will not leave my being in my brain until I talk about it on the show. So this is one of those things where it's just like Gen Z, <laughs> it's like Gen Z slander, Gen Z slander, Gen Z slander. And I was like, oh my God, shut the fuck up. Okay, I'm doing it. So this is what I'm here for. Um, but yeah, I thought that I would want to talk about that a little bit. Um, so starting off right away, um, I have noticed, um, that I do feel a little bit guilty for 
my line of work right now. I feel guilty. I was thinking about this as I was like driving back to the apartments the other day um, and just thinking out loud. I didn't even have music playing, which is like really weird for me. It was like a really short drive. So I said, uh, fuck it. Um, but I was thinking about like all the classmates that I graduated with through Warburg and some of them are teachers now. Some of them are going to like graduate school to become a lawyer, to become a doctor, to become this, to become that. And they'll get like jobs right out of college. So it's like, I kind of feel guilty for not being a teacher or a doctor right away after college or not going to med school right away or not going to graduate school right away after college and just how um, serving and customer service jobs are really looked down upon when other lines of work are not looked down upon as often. Um, again, mo like a lot of my friends now are teachers, are doctors, they're going to a nine to five every day, they're going into grad school, they're doing this, doing that. And my choice was not to do that because it didn't align with me. And sometimes I even feel guilty for not like moving to New York City right away and trying to get started with a Broadway career, even though back in November, that's when I made my um, change where I was like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. Um, I still have like the utmost love and respect for Broadway. I really do. And like, I still have a love for music and a love for performing, kind of. <laughs> the performing aspect is a kind of, but the music and the musical theater and the Broadway, I absolutely love that stuff. And I love like the big city life. I love like the hustle and bustle and using your creativity and your talents in that way. Um, it just didn't align with like my career choices anymore. And I kind of wanted to go into the entertainment business, but more in like an independent way and more of like an authentic content way um, where I don't feel like I have to like beat myself up every single day for wanting to sing or teaching people how to sing or stuff like that. Like I just wanted to talk about whatever I wanted to. And the success that I've seen with the podcast so far, I know that I have like a long ways to go and I know that, but I'm still very grateful for the res for the responses that I've had and the support that I've had and the success that I've had now, even though it's been a year and a half, almost on the dot, um, today's the 8th. So I'm celebrating um, a year and a half as of the 12th. So hold on, let me think about that. Friday is the 9th, 10th, 11th. So Monday is the 12th. Yeah. So that's where I'm at right now. Like I'm celebrating a year and a half here in the next four days. And I'm just thinking about everything that I've done so far. And I'm like, holy shit. Like this is more than I ever thought that I would accomplish in this amount of time. So thank you so much. It's really like, holy fuck. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. Um, but it's still just like, I still kind of feel guilty a little bit because I'm choosing not to go into like, be, like teaching or being a doctor or saving lives or not being like a fucking like accountant or, an a, law or a lawyer or anything like that. Or like studying like criminology or psychology or being a therapist. Like there are so many things now that I'm starting to realize that I was or am interested in that I just didn't act upon. And I'm actually really glad that I didn't act upon that because they really don't align with like my vision of what I want to be quite like no internal monologue does. Um, and I know that like customer service jobs and serving and like content creation are very looked down upon um, compared to teachers, doctors going to a nine to five every day. And sometimes I feel guilty for that. Um, and with that in mind, um, 
I'm trying to work through that guilt, but it doesn't make it any better when I hear, well, why don't you want to work anymore? Gen Z is so lazy. Why don't you want to work anymore? Um, I saw this TikTok um, earlier and, well, I've seen it for a while. I've had it saved to my camera roll for a while just so I could specifically talk about this topic. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Where are you? Where are you? <laughs> Me looking through my camera roll. Where are you? And I'm so sorry. I cannot eat. I cannot sleep tonight. Okay. So, at Whitney Catalano, Catalano, if I'm mispronouncing that, I'm so sorry. Um, but she has a uh, TikTok called Why I Think Younger Millennials and Gen Zs quote-unquote don't want to work. And um, I saw this and it really sparked something within me. So I kind of want to play it and talk about it. So here we go. New theory about why people quote don't want to work like Gen Zs and millennials um, as younger millennials. And I say that in quotes because this is because of the work that I do. I get asked this question a lot by like Gen Xers and baby boomers. And it's usually from the frame of like, why no one wants to work anymore? And, you know, my response is always like, first of all, what's wrong with that? Like, I think it's weird that y'all want us to want to work so bad when like we're just trying to enjoy our lives like is that a bad thing i always give the typical response you know i'm like oh well first of all like we have it look around we have a ton of tragedy look at the look at the world that you brought us into like it's kind of fucking existentially horrible um and while i don't think tragedy tragedy is like and this constant tragedy is necessarily new to our generation like i think you know we have this predisposition to think that like the world is uniquely bad when we're alive in it um the amount of information that we're taking in about it, the amount of bad news that we're being fed to constantly and the way that the media profits off of fear tactics and bad news constantly is very unique to our generation. It's something that is really fucking us up, okay? So there's that. I also explain, you know, the whole like, well, have you ever considered that the things that you were working towards, like buying a house and, you know, starting a family and retirements and social security and all these things, like that's not, we didn't get those same promises that you got. Like we found out pretty quickly, especially through, you know, predatory loans, student loans, that y'all kind of lied. <laughs> you lied to us, you lied about what we were gonna get. Okay, so I, I usually say these things. But the other thing that I was just thinking about is schooling has become so much more rigorous over the past however many years. I don't have any, historical facts and figures on this because it's just something that I'm like postulating sort of theorizing on right now school has become so so much more rigorous that a lot of people are put under this enormous pressure from like first grade on to everything is leading to getting into a good college to be able to get a good job and we are being subjected to like immense amount of pressure from a really young age, hours of homework in a way that older generations did not experience in their schooling. We're coming into our adulthood at 18, burnt out and overworked. That's not normal. <laughs> like it's just not normal. And the idea then that we're looking around at all this older generation, we're seeing them miserable and burnt out as well. The idea that that's then what we're gonna do for the rest of our lives after we've already done it for so many years. I don't know, not that motivating personally. And then there's also like society's changed and you know, we're ushering in a new era of work and all that. But let me know what you think. So I find that 
extremely interesting. Um, so one of the first things that she touched on, um, of course, if this feels like just me like echoing what she just fucking said, I'm sorry. That's just how I like come up with my next points, I think. Um, she talked about how with our generation, um, of course, like seeing tragedy is not new. Seeing a lot of tragedy over like the news or whatever is not new. Um, but I will say that with our generation in specific, it's very unique to us because um, with Gen Z, like most of us weren't even born before 9-11. I was born before 9-11, but like I was about to turn two. So do I remember that? Absolutely fucking not. I don't remember that vividly, but everybody remembers where they were when they found out about 9-11. It's a huge tragedy. Um, some people will profit off of that tragedy and some people, well, a lot of people will profit off of that like fear tactic and that tragedy tactic. So then they can get like more views on stuff. And like a lot of people now are like doing the most radical shit to get viral, to get views, to um, just get their, like, 15 minutes of fame, as some people will say and, like, throw around, like, ironically, unironically, um, and it's weird, because, like, again, like, that goes off of, like, people profiting off of, like, a fear tactic and, like, a tragedy tactic, and for most generations before us, like, most people before us, like, remember when they first got their first smartphone, like, I remember when I first got my first smartphone, when I got my first phone, well, actually, when I got my first phone, I was about to turn 14. So that was back in, fuck, um, <laughs> I say that as I'm sound. Uh, it was about nine years ago that I got my first phone and it was a smartphone um, and I didn't have any access to social media yet and I didn't have any access to um, any of that like content yet like I watched some YouTube but not a lot I just watched a bunch of music videos with like my mom and my dad and stuff like that when I was growing up um but especially the Gen Z now like the people who are like turning like 16 17 18 whatever we were subjected to social media and all this content from a very young age and there's not a lot that we can do in order to escape that now. Like, it's almost looked down upon if you don't have a smartphone at a young age, or it's almost looked down upon if you don't have a social media to profit off of. Even though, I'm just gonna say, when you're, like, 13 and up, that's when you should probably get social media. Kids 12 and under, stay the fuck off of social media. I'm just gonna say it. I'm sorry. If that's, like, a hot take, and if some people are gonna, like, throw me under the ringer for that, then you know what? Go ahead. I don't care. But, like, I personally believe that if you are 12 and under, you should not have a social media platform. You should not be on the internet like that. You shouldn't. Um, and, like, of course, maybe I'm speaking from experience where, like, I am really glad that I was not subjected to that kind of social media until I was, like, 13, about to turn 14. I'm really glad that wasn't a thing. Um, because now I'm starting to see, and this is going to be brought up in another video that I have that really sparked the conversation, is, like, a lot of kids now, since they are exposed to social media and content, like, they cannot escape this negativity. They cannot escape bullying. They cannot escape tragedy. They cannot escape fear-inducing shit. They can't. Because, like, when you're, like, a millennial or older, 
you had a TV back then. Most people didn't even have smartphones back then. They had a TV. If something was on the news and you were getting overwhelmed, what could you do? Turn it off, go outside. Turn it off, go outside. Turn it off, go clean the house. Turn it off, go do this, go do that. And like, most of us can't do that <laughs> anymore. Because like now, like with smartphones and stuff like that, we literally have like our entire line of contact in our pockets. We have the whole world, world's worth of access to people and the internet and content and social media at our fingertips on a little computer, a little square computer that literally fits in most of our pockets. Millennials, some, and people who were older than that generation, they did not have access to that. We do. And it was it's looked down upon for a lot of Gen Zers and younger to not have that access from a very young age. And especially if like if you're employed or if you have like a family situation, like you need to have your phone on and turned on and you need to have access to those people who are trying to communicate with you always. But then like if like some of us too, like that's also fear inducing. Like if someone's trying to contact us and it's an emergency and if we don't pick up then there could be a lot of consequences that have to deal with that. Um, like, for example, like, if your business is like, oh, fuck, we're short staff, we need to contact her and be like, hey, can you come in? Like, we, like you, you need to come in, like, we need to contact you. And if you have your phone off and they can't get a hold of you, there could be, if you have a really horrible, like, management system, then, which some of us do, um, then there could be a lot of consequences with that. Um, or if there's like a family emergency where someone was lifelighted to the hospital or someone got into an accident and they're almost dying or like someone got this diagnosis and it's like a huge urgent thing and it's a huge emergency, like a family emergency thing. Or for example, like maybe your cat like is choking on something and someone's calling you be like, hey, someone like your cat is choking on something. You need to get the fuck home right now. Like we need to take another van. Like if you miss those calls, that could result in death. That could result in a huge amount of remorse and regret. And that's a lot of fear within that. But on top of that, some people, a lot of, a lot of days, like a lot of us like are contacted through Snapchat and like through texts and emails and stuff like that. And like through Snapchat, you're not able to see the message and what it is before you open it. You're not able to see what it is. Like with text messages, you could see it. With emails, you could somewhat see it. With like Instagram DMs and like Facebook stuff, you can kind of see that, kind of. But with Snapchat, like, you're not able to open that up as easily. So you can, like, literally tap on it expecting, like, oh, like, they never Snapchat me. Like, is something wrong? What's the matter? Like, this could be important. And then they could be, like, fucking bullying you online. Like, <sighs> Gen Z is not able to escape bullying as easily as other people could. Of course, like, escaping bullying in general just is so fucking hard in general. It sucks, especially when you're, like, at a very young age. And you're in school and, like, there's nothing you can really do about it and, like, people aren't listening to you. But now, like, there's a whole new factor where, like, hey, like, if you're if you're being bullied in school or if you're being bullied at work, you can go home and turn that switch and be comfortable in your home and that's totally fine. But with social media, that's fucking impossible to do now. Because, like, you can get bullied in school and then you get home and you want to relax. Boom, social media. Someone's fucking doing a smear campaign against you. Like, I think of, also, like, some small businesses now, there are some small businesses that literally have to rely on social media for work, for pay, for exposure, and their income. Some people have to rely on that, and some people get smear campaigns online 
most of the time, sometimes, for literally no fucking reason. For example, I think we were talking about this on our spiritual sorority call the other night, where a couple of people that were a part of that call, they're pretty popular, like, content creators. I've had them on the show before, um, and I don't want to expose their names, like, just straight up, because, like, I don't know if they want me to talk about this, but it's still a very relevant point, um, where there was, like, this huge smear campaign against the two of them at the same time. And if they didn't have each other to go through that together and, like, build together and, like, have that support, like, who fucking knows where they could be at now? Who fucking knows where that could have had them end up mentally, emotionally, spiritually? Um, and that fucking sucks. Um, and then I remember um, with another content creator of mine, I've also had her on the show before. I'm not going to say her name just because, um, but with her small business, there was a time when she was on TikTok and she was getting fucking, like, possibly, like, the biggest smear campaign that I've seen in a while against somebody. Like, it was almost to the point where, of course, like, when I think of smear campaign, the first thing I think of is James Charles back in 2019. But now I'm starting to see, like, behavior and stuff like that through him. And now I'm just like, mm, you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot that goes into that. And it's really weird looking at that smear campaign from 2019 from a 2022 perspective. But, like, I think of online smear campaign and I think of James Charles right away. Um, but, like, with this small business, with her small business, um, she got the biggest smear campaign that I've seen in a while. And the toll that it took on her, it just, oh my God. Oh my God. It fucking just destroyed me to see that. Cause like, there's a lot that goes into her business. There's a lot of supplies that go into it. There's a lot of craftsmanship that go into that. A lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of love. And of course, when you price yourself to how much you spend on your products, how much you spend on your supplies, how much you spend time, effort, energy, love-wise, like, first word of the podcast. Um, <laughs> there's a lot that goes into that. And a lot of people don't price to match up to those efforts simply because of the fact that people are going to fucking complain. Because, of course, like, people are going to complain about it and they're going to demand that people lower their prices on shit. Because, you know, like, I'm just going to say it. Everybody loves free shit. Everybody loves free shit. They do. Everybody loves free shit. Um... It's like, oh my God, there's a lot that goes into this topic. Holy shit. There's a lot of stuff that's now coming out that I need to write down. Um, <laughs> there's a lot that I need to start writing down. Um, um just like, like, everybody loves free shit. I will say that. Um, and everybody loves, like, a good discount. Everybody loves a good coupon. When you start pricing yourself adequately to your efforts, so then you can see profit and see value and see actual motivation to keep going with your business, um, there's a lot of hate that could come with that. And that fucking sucks. That fucking sucks especially for the people who are trying to put out their content and their products and like have so much like exposure and content and all these ideas going and like they just get shit on 
like I felt so fucking bad for her and her small business when she got this huge smear campaign against her. Oh my God. Oh my God. But like, talking about that too, it's like, um, you can't escape the bullying. That's where I was going. You can't escape the bullying online. You can't escape the fear toxic online, the tragedy online, the bu- like the fucking fear inducing shit online. You can't you can't escape it. Especially when you're like younger millennials and like Gen Zs and younger. You can't escape that shit anymore. That fucking sucks. Um and like when you get that too, going into my next point, when it comes with that kind of thing, um I'll touch on this on like other video on like the other video as well. Gen Zs are now at the point where they've seen this shit since childhood, and now they're at a point where some of us now are adults, and now we are accepting help where we can get it, like therapy, student loan forgiveness that's happening, um, people reaching out and wanting to help you, um, stuff like that. And we're getting to a point where we're now starting to accept the help because we are like, you know what? There is no shame in getting help. There is no shame in having assistance. Because, like, life in itself, especially nowadays with everything that's going on, it's fucking exhausting and it's so overwhelming. And, like, older generations, I don't think, realize how shitty (laughs) life is right now. Especially, like, in this day and age. How shitty it is. Even my grandma was talking about, like, the political climate and stuff like that and, like, inflation climate and stuff like that and how she was just, like... I have lived through this, 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 and this. I've never fucking seen anything like this before. Oh, my God. Like, oh, my God. Fuck. Um, so, that. Um, and then when people do get help, um, they are called, like, lazy and, like, crybabies and entitled and complainers. What? Like, what? What? <laughs> it, mm. So, um, going on to the next point before I get, like, really heated into that topic. Um, let's see. Family and retirements and social security. Let's see. Position to think that, like, the world is uniquely bad when we're alive in it. Um, the amount of information that we're taking in about it, the amount of bad news, very unique to our generation. So there's that. I also explain, you know, the whole, like, well, have you ever considered that the things that you were working towards, like buying a house? Aha. Uh-huh. So this is my next topic. Um, inflation and the promises and the standard that you were held to when you were younger. I'm speaking to strictly like older millennials, to Gen X, to boomers, etc. What you were promised at a very young age was like, oh, yeah, like you get to buy a house. You get to have a family. You get to have a loving and supporting partner. You get to do this. You get to do that. Um, we're not getting the same promises that you did. We're not. And I'm echoing straight what she just fucking said. We're not getting those same promises. And even if we are getting those same promises, it's literally, like, fucking impossible to do nowadays. Because, like, we're all just so fucking stressed out trying to figure out how to support ourselves, how to afford 
everything that's going on with inflation right now because again i've stated this so many different times and it pisses me off so fucking much every single time i bring this up but i don't fucking care i'm pissed you should be too inflation mm, like gas is higher priced living is higher priced food is higher priced fucking like retail is higher priced everything that you see nowadays is higher priced do you know the one fucking thing that has stayed the same pay pay has stayed the same minimum wage is still around seven dollars an hour even though now seven dollars an hour jobs are like you cannot support yourself with a minimum wage job anymore fuck like i saw this graph the other day that really just got me it was on facebook of course which i'm not gonna rely on facebook as like the whole like oh like facebook blah, 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 like everything blah, blah, blah. like I'm not just solely relying on social media in order to get my sources and stuff like that, but I will say that these are like sources that a lot of people can get their hands on and then that could from there lead them to um, do their own research and figure things out in a way that's actually not as biased. Um, I saw something it says hourly wage required to afford a two bedroom rental home in all the different states. Like the most expensive state that I see so far I'm just like skimming through with my big eyes real quick. California has the highest with $39 an hour. $39 an hour? Minimum wage is still $7 an hour. That is a $32 fucking hourly difference. That is a huge fucking difference. The lowest amount, the lowest amount is uh, PR, PR. What's PR? Oh my God. PR. Okay, let's see. PR state abbreviation in US. Located about a thousand miles southwest of Florida, Puerto Rico is a Caribbean archipelago with a complex colonial history and political status as a territory of the United States. Okay. It is an unincorporated territory of the United States, but still it is somewhat a part of the, like, so like PR, I think that's Puerto Rico, $10 an hour. Minimum wage is still fucking $7 an hour. It's still $7 an hour. You, the minimum wage is not able to help you pay for a two bedroom rental home in the least expensive state that I'm seeing from this. In Iowa, where I'm at, it's $16 an hour. Dude, $16 an hour. In what I believe is, like, pay and different jobs and stuff like that, you have to have, like, a degree in order to get salaries like that. And some people are not able to support themselves while they're getting the degree and while they're in so much immense debt because they're trying to get these degrees and before they get those degrees they cannot get these fucking jobs that can help support them which then some people lead to like getting a credit card so then they can pay their bills they can fucking get groceries they can do whatever the fuck they need to do in order to like actually mm, i don't know live <laughs> and then like they're immersed in so much credit card debt so much student loan debt and then like the people and like even after you get that degree and you're looking for this job you're not fucking guaranteed to get the job you're not guaranteed because there's so many people that are competing for the same fucking job that you are. And like, if someone is looking for a job position, 
So many people could apply to it, but it's only one job position, a job position. One person is lucky enough to get that. Everybody else is still gonna keep fucking looking for jobs. And like that could go over and over and over and over and over and over again if you're really in that kind of a cycle where you're just not getting the jobs that you're applying for. Fuck. It's like, I'm getting so worked up over this. But like, seriously, it's like, that is so fucking bad. And like you say, oh yeah, like, well, I, boomers are like, well, I was supposed to get a, like, I was gonna get a house. Like, I got a house when I was working a minimum wage job back in like fucking 1977. And I got this, I got this fucking uh, house for this much and I was able to pay it off and now I'm good and I was able to raise a family and I was able to raise like fuck my fucking 15 kids and yada yada and I was able to do just fine. Well, first of all, that was back then. That was back in the 20th century. This is now 2020 fucking two. 2020 fucking two. We're not able to do that shit anymore, Karen. We're not able to afford that kind of thing anymore. Fuck, it's like we're not able to afford that anymore. We're not. Because back then, houses were fucking, like, you could buy a house on a minimum wage fucking job. You can literally work for $7 an hour at fucking McDonald's for, like, 40 weeks and then go home. 40 weeks, just For 40 hours a week and then go home and be like, oh, yeah, I can afford a house. I can put down a mortgage. We can't fucking do that anymore. We can't do that. So, like, most of us now are living in apartments that even though they are like the cheapest that we're gonna get, we're still struggling to afford what the fuck we need from that. We're still struggling to afford our rent for that. And then on top of that, there's utilities. On top of that, you're supposed to get like heating and cooling in order to make sure that you are like having like a sustainable balance where you're supposed to get water. We're supposed to get electricity. We're supposed to get this, we're supposed to get that. And like, most of us can't fucking afford that anymore without busting our ass busting our ass and experiencing an immense amount of burnout in order to get to a point where we could at least scoot by on rent and then be like, okay, I hope I can scoot by next month. (laughs) We're literally just going by month to month to month to month to month being like, okay, how am I going to be able to afford my fucking rent? Okay, I got lucky this time. Okay, next month, how am I going to fucking afford my rent? (sighs) Which going into my next point, burnout, what she was saying too, um, schooling, again, is becoming so rigorous to the point where I feel like I'm just yelling throughout this entire podcast. If this is very unsettling for you, I'm so sorry. But honestly, I'm not sorry because this is an issue that I'm really heated about and I'm really passionate about and you should be too. And if you're not, then I'm sorry. I I hate to do this because, again, everybody has their own opinions about everything. And again, disagreements is fine. Disrespect is not. But like at this point, like so many people are struggling to fucking live nowadays. Open your goddamn eyes and see what the fuck is happening right now. And maybe, maybe get your head out of your ass. And maybe, just maybe, we can have enough people talking about this and maybe we could do something about it to our fucking ignorant ass government maybe we can open their eyes a little bit cool cool um (laughs) but again my next point immense burnout schooling is so rigorous nowadays we're like everything we are having an immense amount of pressure from a very young age again she said like first grade i find that pretty prevalent because like back in preschool and kindergarten i don't remember ever getting grades i don't um I don't remember getting grades until first grade, where in first grade, we did not have any letter grades. It was like one, two, three, four. Four was the highest, one was the shittiest, right? Um, 
So, I remember getting a lot of fours and threes, but the moment I got a fucking two for something I was not able to control, I think it was, like, one of those, like, reading things where, like, I was still struggling to read to myself quietly, like, in my head, because I had no internal monologue and I had no idea what was going on at that point. I didn't know. So, I thought I was just struggling for no fucking reason, and now I realize what I was struggling with, and I was like, okay, well, there's nothing I can fucking do to control that. Okay, cool. Um, but, like, back then, we had no fucking idea. So, I got a two because of, like, that kind of thing. And I think I also, again, hyperactive ADHD and anxiety. I had no idea that I was going through that because I'm pretty sure back when I was around that age, I was starting to struggle with those kind of things because, like, you're expected as, like, a six-year-old or a seven-year-old to just sit in a desk for fucking eight hours and just do a whole bunch of work and be quiet and be still. How can you expect kids to fucking do that? How can you fucking expect us to do that? That is horrible. So, of course, like, with me struggling with hyperactive ADHD and also, like, I was just running around, like, doing my own thing because, like, I literally had a problem with sitting still. And then I got yelled at for it, which then put an immense amount of pressure on me to just sit still and be quiet and just comprehend what the fuck is going on here and just do my work and not ask questions, just do it and just complete your work, get good grades, you're fine. And then that was going on until like fucking sixth grade, middle school, high school. Get good grades in high school, you go to college. Cool, go to college. Good, good grades, succeed in your classes, go through burnout, work a couple of jobs while you're at it. Okay, cool. You get good grades, you got a good income, boom. We're gonna fucking maybe write you a letter of recommendation and then you're gonna get a good job in the field that you're working towards. Boom, good job, maybe, if you're able to fucking apply for it. Or maybe if, if you apply for it and then you actually get the fucking job first try. <laughs> for a lot of people that is not it's not ideal and it's not something that you're gonna want to look at and be like oh i want to do that nobody wants to fucking do that i'm just gonna be the one to say it i know a lot of people are thinking it but i'm just gonna fucking say it we don't want to do that <laughs> we don't want to do that anymore we don't we don't um and that's an amount of amount of pressure and again even if you don't want to do it guess what society's gonna pressure you to keep fucking doing it and you go into fucking sixth grade burnt out middle school burnt out high school burnt out college burnt out and then you see like your elders and you're like okay i'm coming to college burnt out boom when you're supposed to be like the new college kid that's just coming out of school and you're like oh my god you're so young you're so free you're still fucking burnt out you're still burnt out. And then you see people like your elders that are about to retire in the company and you see them burnt out and you're like, fuck, I don't want to spend the rest of my life being burnt out to get to this stage of my life where I can finally retire, not be burnt out anymore. Okay, now at that point, you're thinking to yourself, a lot of people associate with retirement with like, oh, like I don't have to work anymore. Wait, fuck, I don't work anymore. Fuck, I'm getting old. Fuck, I'm gonna die soon. Or at least that's my whole thing. And a lot of people struggle with that as well. I can tell a lot of people, if not everybody, struggles with the fact that we are going to get old and we are going to die. That is just how the circle of life works. You live, you're born, you live or just exist if you're okay with this kind of pattern that's going on right now in society and then you die. You're born, you exist, you die. And then the cycle would continues, 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 continues for like millions of billions of fucking years. Millions of billions of fucking years. We are literally molecules on this earth. 
breathing in molecules, surrounded by molecules, and Earth is just a big rock in outer space where we think it's a big rock, but it's actually fucking tiny, and there's millions and infinite amounts of galaxies, planets, universes out there. And this is the system that we're going with? What? <laughs> this is the system that we're going with? Huh? I... Make it make sense. Why the fuck are we suggesting ourselves to this? When literally, we could just enjoy like a more human experience and be more free and be more loving and be more caring. What the f... <sighs> Anyways. I'm getting a call. Um, I'm just gonna ignore it for now. If it's a voicemail, then they'll leave me a voicemail. That's totally fine. Um... <sighs> We don't want to go into this burnt out, seeing a bunch of tragedy, in debt, crippling debt, with little to no way out of it, um, and just getting shit. On top of all of that, the worst part about it is older generations just calling us entitled, calling us lazy, calling us crybabies, telling us, why the fuck don't you want to work anymore? Why the fuck are you accepting help? I never got help, so why the fuck should I help you? Again, going into my next thought, student loans, student loan forgiveness, fuck yes, dude. I'm at the point where, like, I am so glad to finally get to a place where I could finally accept help and get to a place where I'm able to work on myself and prioritize working on myself rather than helping others. But now I'm at a point where now my ideal mindset is, hey, I'm going to work on myself and I'm going to make sure my cup is constantly overflowing. And since it's overflowing, then I can extend myself to help other people once I'm at a point when I'm able to do so. I don't want to hyperextend myself because if I hyperextend myself, I'm not able to help others, which in turn, like I'm not able to help myself, which in turn will not be able to help me help others. And again, like one of the things that I was taught when I was growing up is like always help people, always be a kind person, always do this, always do that. If you're in a position to help, always be, feel free to help by my elders. And then student loan forgiveness comes out where we're like trying to help other, like trying to help ourselves, trying to help other people. And then student loan forgiveness happens and we're finally like, fuck, like we're finally getting help. Thank God, this is actually gonna take a massive weight off our shoulders so we can help keep helping other people. And then our elders over here being fucking hypocritical cunts and they're just like, oh, well, I paid for my schooling all by myself. So why the fuck can't you do it? <laughs> well, here's the thing. Again, inflation, school is getting more and more fucking expensive. I'm just gonna say this. My parents, they never got their bachelor's degree. My dad has an equivalent to a bachelor's degree, but he went to trade school for a shorter amount of time, which is exponentially less expensive. And my mom has her associate's degree. I'm the first person on both sides of my family to graduate with a bachelor's degree. I'm the first person to go through four years of schooling and complete it and have the degree to show for it. I'm the first person on both sides of my family in order to do that. Um, that's fucking expensive in itself. And again, like with this amount of pressure leading up, it's just like, you're gonna go to college, you're gonna get a degree, you're gonna get a good paying job. That's just the pressure of what it was. Even though like looking back, like would I have been fine without going to college? Fine. Would I have learned a lot? No, but like to avoid all this fucking debt, like I would have loved to just worked 
and just been free and live my life how I wanted to live my life. Of course, am I glad that I went to college and got my degree and learned everything that I wanted to learn and learned everything that I needed to learn? Absolutely. I am so grateful for that opportunity. I'm not gonna shit on that for the world. But I will say, if I knew everything that I was gonna go through and the debt that I was going to acquire, what if I went to a four-year school and if I went to fucking college, if I knew, then I would have avoided it altogether. I would have. Like, knowing what I know now, if I were to know what I know now four years ago, I would have been like, okay, fuck, I'm just not going to go to college. I'm just going to take a year off and I'm just going to work for a while, build up my funding, and then maybe go to community college and then stop, pay those student loans off, build up my funding, and then maybe complete it and get my bachelor's degree. Okay. And then, you know, pay those off later on. And then if I wanted to go off and do my master's, I could do that. Because again, life is so long yet so short. Like you need to do whatever the fuck that you want to do. You know what I mean? Like school is always going to be there. Like that school is always going to be there and it's always going to be an opportunity that is available for some people. So like I didn't have to rush it, but I felt like I needed to rush it due to the immense pressure that I have been subjected to literally all my life. And I know that a lot of Gen Zers around me could say the exact same fucking thing. We could say the same thing. Um, but again, with schooling, again, my mom's she got my mom. Jesus, I have one mom. Sorry. <laughs> she got her associate's degree back in, oh God, before I was born. She graduated with it before I was born. I think she graduated high school in 96, got her degree by 98. I was born in 99. Yeah, because she graduated in 98, two months, two or three months later, got married to my dad in August. And then a year after that, in November of 99, I was born. Okay, cool. So like with an associate here, let me just look it up real quick. Um, associate or here, community college degree cost in the nine 90s. Average cost. <laughs> okay, I'm seeing. Holy fuck, I'm seeing this from nces.ed.gov. How much did college cost in the 1990s? So 1990 to 91, total tuition room and board was $6,562. In fucking, I'm seeing, I'm looking at like so many different more rows. Okay, so around the time that mom graduated, so like 97 to 99, um, all institutions, all four-year universities, other four-year institutions, two-year, here we go. So two-year, around... It was around like, yeah, that's what I thought. Around like $4,800 to around like $5,200. Around that time frame. And it just keeps going up and up and up and up and up and up. Um, with four-year institutions back then, um, all four-year or like universities, um, room and total tuition, room and board around the time that mom and dad graduated. I'm pretty sure, well, dad did like one year at NIAC, like I did. Or he did one year at NIAC. I went to NIAC. He was there for like a year, maybe like a year and a half, and then he dropped out. So he didn't even get his associate's degree from there. But still, like around that time frame, the total cost was around $11,000 to $12,000. Um, whereas now, whereas now, here, average cost for community college in 
focusing on just tuition. This is from EducateIowa.gov. In-state residents' tuition fees, focusing just on tuition. The average in-state tuition for the school year of 2022 is... What does that even mean? Okay. ValuePenguin.com. I think that's a reliable source. I hope it is. Um, how much does community college cost in the U.S.? According to Community College Review, the average cost of community college is $4,864 in-state and $8,622 out-of-state per year. Per year? <laughs> for public community colleges. For private community colleges, the average tuition is around $15,460 per year. Okay. So... For... Private for private universities in 2022. The average cost. Okay, this is from usnews.com. Again, maybe it might not be the most reliable source, but you know what? Fuck it. Um, the next one I'm gonna see. Oh. oh. Okay. So I also clicked on how much is Harvard per year 2022. Um, to 2023. Um, so the first one from usnews.com, the average cost of tuition and fees in 2021 to 22 for a private college was $38,185, significantly higher than the average tuition and fees at public universities and colleges, which is, which was 10,338 for in-state students and 22,698 for out-of-state students. And then you look at fucking how much is Harvard per year. So for the 2022 to 2023 school year tuition for... For tuition alone is $52,659. For room, it is $12,056. For board, it is $7,446. Subtotal build cost is $76,763. What? And you're meaning to tell me that... Everybody back in the 90s and stuff were able to pay that off and just be like, oh, okay, that's fine. Whereas, like, the cost difference. <laughs> the cost difference. What? What? Huh? What? Come again? There's so much fucking debt. And again, with us, with us younger generations that are wanting to, with this amount of pressure... We want to be seen as successful and we want to be seen as people who are accomplished and successful and wealthy and happy. If that is the goal that they want to feel, then they associate that with going to a four-year college. And some people have um, goals of wanting to go to fucking community college. Hello? Not community college. They would want to... A lot of community colleges are stigmatized nowadays and people want to go for like big top universities. Um, even though some people can't, like most of us can't, um, I don't know, fucking afford it. <laughs> but <clears throat> second part of the podcast, I'm getting really worked up. I can tell some people might want to go to like big league universities like Harvard. Some people want to go to like fucking uh, Princeton. Is Princeton still a thing? That's a really Princeton. Yeah, Princeton University, Prince, a private university in Princeton, New Jersey. Yeah. So, like, 
And then some people want to go to Wartburg College, for example. Some people want to go to like these colleges and do this and do that and do this and do that. It's so fucking expensive in order to do that, in order to accomplish everything that you want to accomplish. Um, and with our generations that have these big goals and actually kind of want to do that, are there's so much debt to the point where literally there is little to no way to get out of it. And again, I will touch on this in the next video that I have. I've been going for like fucking 56 minutes. Holy shit. And I haven't even gotten to the second video yet. But let's see where the next point was in this. You know, starting a family. You lied about what we were going to get. However many years. I don't have any are put under this hours of homework in a way that older generations did not experience. <laughs> like, it's just not normal then what we're going to do for the rest of and then there's also like society okay yeah so that is the video i'm pretty sure i touched on everything on that perspective um but like since you were able to pay going back to the whole like well we did it all by ourselves why can't you i was even put under the pressure like again like i'm not just going to blame mom and dad for this i'm pretty sure they were also put under this amount's pressure to also like do this and do that and do this and do that because i'm just gonna say it with um the climate that my mom and dad grew up on they both grew up on like farm areas in low income communities in the country for the longest time um and they weren't able to do much so then when my mom went to college and when my dad went to college they went to like trade schools community colleges yada yada, yada. um and then you know like my mom got like her emt and then her advanced emt and then her paramedic and then she wanted to do this do that and then my dad wanted to be a chiropractor then i think there might have been a career change in between but i'm not 100 sure on that yet i think he did finance or like insurance or stuff like that and then he did like sleep studies and then he wanted to do online trading and he was able to jump back and forth and do this and do that and do like little classes and trade schools along the way based on his interests and then he can skip all of like the unnecessary shit that college does some colleges like do some classes that seem really unnecessary some of them actually are when you look at it from like a heinz perspective um but some of them are actually just really fucking unnecessary like for example i literally had to take a biology class as a music major which tell me how the fuck that makes sense but anyways i digress um so with those schoolings and stuff like that again they worked their ass off they did um but they were still able to pay off their college in a significant amount of time um and then have me and then my sister um and they've told me they're like oh you're gonna pay for your own college right you're gonna do that and i was like yeah and for like the last like three to four years like i've been busting my ass trying to pay for my own shit and also like do my own student loan so then i can say too that i paid for my own schooling but since everything is so much more expensive it is so overwhelming and just gives me the ick of burnout when I just think about it, let alone trying to execute that goal. Um, and I've been pressured for the longest time to do that because that's what a lot of older generations were able to do, pay for college on their own. For the people out there that are that are able to get the help that they need and are actually able to have help paying off their schooling and stuff like that and are actually able to get help to go through education and stuff like that, God bless your heart. Seriously, like god bless you like seriously like i i'm so proud of you and that is still valid um but i've still had to go through this amount of pressure in order to do that i could throw up <laughs> i could literally throw up i just thought about that um but now it's like there's a little to no way to get out of this debt that i feel like I, I, 
where I felt like I was pressured to go to school rather than me actually wanting to go to school. Um, and then, of course, like, my parents are still just like, well, you still need to pay for schooling by yourself. Like, we can try to help you when we can, but, like, this is your thing. You wanted to go to school, but you wanted to go to school. You wanted to do this. Therefore, you're paying for it, which, again, if I did want to do this 100%, then I would be happy about that, but I still feel like a large amount of why I wanted to go to school was the pressure to go to school, the pressure to get that little piece of paper of a degree and be like, hey, I did this, give me a job. And also, it's also a lot of pressure too to be like, oh, without that degree, you're not gonna get a lot of high paying jobs. So then with that pressure, I'm like, okay, fuck, let's go to school, let's do it. Let's go through fucking four more years of schooling, let's do it. So like when some people ask me, they're like, do you wanna do a tuition free fifth year at Wartburg? Do you wanna do fucking graduate school? Do you wanna do that? fuck no. I'm just gonna say it. Fuck no. I can't. Especially with, like, again, hyperactive ADHD and anxiety. That does not go well. That does not mesh well with organized education and the pressure that is put with organized education. Of course, are there parts of college that I absolutely adored and love and miss? Yes, I do. But would I go back? No. I wouldn't. I don't regret it. And I enjoyed it. But I'm at the point where I want to move on with my life and I don't want to turn back to that. And I don't want to go back to school. I don't. Now I'm at a point where I can make choices for myself and I can do what I can in order to fight back against what I have been going through for the past fucking 22 and a half years. I can do that now. So I'm going to do it the way that I can. And if that calls me, and if that, if people want to call me entitled for that and cry baby for that, if they want to call me lazy for that, fine. Fuck you but fine, whatever. You're not gonna stop me. Which, speaking of which, going on to my next point, there um, is a TikTok that I saw from, which is not that long ago, this is back in like last month, um, at that psych NP, um, where she stitched this woman that was making a TikTok, which honestly, I kinda wanna go to that TikTok and see what she said first. Fuck it, we're gonna go to that TikTok and we're gonna see what she said first. So, pardon me, while I am like going through this real quick and just trying to see, okay, got it. So I'm gonna go through this video first and see what the fuck this lady's talking about. So this is Kim Munch, per parent coach. If I am mispronouncing that name, I apologize. Um, but this is the video that I see on that. Um, the caption is, if you are parenting an 18 to 25 year old right now and they are doing okay, be grateful. There's so much going on for young adults right now and their parents are trying to figure out how to help without enabling the selfish destructive behavior. Okay. Okay. Let's see what the fuck she says. Okay. Let's see what she says. The fuck is up with 18 to 25 year olds right now, you guys. I have been getting calls from parents who are going through some major shit with their young adults. It's almost like I feel like there is a major movement there's something really big going on with these kids. I just, I feel it. Are you experiencing this too? Top on the list are kids who are stuck at home because financially it's too expensive to go out into the world yep. and or they don't have a job. Okay. Substance abuse, uh -huh. mental health issues yes. of this age group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the pandemic is part of it. Yeah. But I think this was going on before then. It just really, really blew it up. 
Okay, so basically she was asking the question of what the fuck is going on with 18 to 25-year-olds today. Um, so, again, this woman that, again, that psych NP that stitched this video. I'm just going to play it. I'm, I'm not even going to preface it. I'm just going to play it. So clearly I'm not Gen Z, but they're the generation I worked with the most since going into the field of mental health in 2004. So here's my perspective as a mental health professional. One, Gen Z is the first generation in a long time to grow up truly feeling like they're not safe. They're the first generation that couldn't escape bullying. Yep. Unlike previous generations, Gen Z came home from school and still had to deal with texts, tweets, DMs, snaps, all this intrusive messaging that didn't stop. Mm -hmm. They were exposed to 9-11 as kids. Mm -hmm. They grew up constantly hearing about mass violence at schools, concerts, clubs, malls. Which, again, I could do a whole fucking topic on yourself when it comes to violence and, like, gun violence and stuff like that. I could talk about that for fucking hours. But that'll be saved for another episode when it becomes more appropriate to do so. Going on. Politicians choosing money over their safety. Yep. Many of them started early adulthood at the beginning of a pandemic. Mm -hmm. Where they watch vulnerable groups of people such as the elderly, disabled, immunocompromised, and the BIPOC community lose their lives in larger numbers because a worldwide pandemic was politicized. Mm -hmm. Gen Z witnessed many Americans, some of which were their own parents, fight for their right to endanger the lives of other people because a mask and a safe vaccine were just too much. And before even hitting adulthood, Gen Z is either experiencing themselves or watching people that they love have their basic human rights stripped away. Mm -hmm. All because enough With again, Roe v. Wade. Again, I could talk about that literally all day. I literally did in episode, I think, 61. I literally did. So go check that out if you want to. But anyways. A person's religion doesn't approve of their existence. Mm -hmm. Gen Z is the first generation to have incurred this much debt with little to no way out of it. Yep. They're the first generation to truly accept the idea of getting help and support with mental health services. And as a result, when they're able to express themselves in healthier and more positive ways, the older generations are calling them crybabies and too emotional. Mm -hmm. And when Gen Z expresses frustration, anger, sadness at what they are seeing going on around them, they are being told they are entitled and lazy. Mm -hmm. One of the most important factors is that because of the explosion of social media in their childhood, they grew up seeing all of the craziness that happens outside of their small bubble they grew up in. And they're the first generation to witness that since childhood. Mm -hmm. But here's the key difference. They grew up seeing it, but because they were children, they were unable to do anything about it or control it. Yep. And that's what causes issues. But they can control it now. They're mobilizing because they can now. They're not helpless anymore. And we as the older generations can do one of two things. Help support them or get the fuck out of their way. Because they're coming whether we like it or not. That is why I admire them. That is why they have earned my respect. They refuse to continue to be victims. So that's what's going on with them. Now let me ask, are you going to support them or are you going to get out of their way? Yes. 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 Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and I'm not trying to be like, well, I experience more than others. I will say I do hear this statement a lot more because of the fact that I do work in customer service and the fact that I do like content creation and I am suggested to more social media because again, I am along the lines of like content creators and small businesses and entrepreneurs and stuff like that, that literally have to market themselves on social media in order to see a platform that is sustainable for their income and the growth of their like passion and community and stuff like that. Um, and again, like for the people that want to do that in the first place, they are wanting to work for themselves and create a funding where they don't have to specifically rely on corporate America. That's the ideal nowadays. A lot of people are wanting to go off and do their own small businesses and take a passion that they are passionate about and that they are good at and that they love. Take that and possibly like bring that happiness onto other people and people are paying for those services. And it's a beautiful thing. There are small businesses that are supporting other small businesses. Content creators are like supporting other content creators. For me, for example, a lot of my income specifically just comes from the fact that like people just like what I have to say and like what I like as a person and are able to relate to me and see me as kind of like a friendly figure, maybe like just a friend in general. Maybe some people consider me like an influence, which, oh my God, just that in itself is just crazy to think about. Um, but with that, with that title, a lot of people, again, my income will come from the fact that like, I'm getting another call from my friend, Britta. She was on the show before. Um, again, I'm just gonna call her back in a little bit. I'm still way too passionate about this. Um, since I have that platform and since I have that role on some people, there are people that can support me and supply most of my income just by liking my posts, just by sharing my posts, just from word of mouth and talking about me, just from listening to the podcast, just from checking out the small businesses that I like to do for Small Business of the Week, which we will get into one here in the next little bit. Um, and that's a huge thing, just being able to do that kind of thing and be able to create what you love, do what you love. But then the cherry on top of it is to be like, hey, here's a little bit of money on top of that. Now you can support living. Now you can support being a human and just needing to live and like stay somewhere and eat something, you know? And like, that's huge. <laughs> that's huge. And it can make life a lot more enjoyable, but they get shit on for that. We get, a, we get a lot of shit for that. And for people who work in customer service as well, who people who are servers, like it's not like a typical nine to five job. For some people it can feel like it. Um, for people that are like serving full time and are going in like a numerous amount of hours, um, for people, like, I hear that a lot being like, why don't people want to work anymore? Why don't people want to do this anymore? Blah, 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 blah. And like, again, people are teachers, doctors, accountants, finance people, insurance brokers, lawyers, literally anything out of the sun. Maybe computer science people, maybe people work at like, maybe people are engineers, people are therapists, people are like, people like that. And it could be like t like a typical like nine to five job and then people can look on like content creation and entrepreneurship and influencers and customer service workers and we can literally get shit on all the time. We can. That's why like there's a lot of people that see a bunch of those like customer service stories where a lot of people can share those experiences with, like higher creators. Like the most thing that I think of is like Teresa, uh, Teresa and Siri, people that are like hairdressers, some people that are like servers, like, uh, Fuck, um, what's her name? Uh, she started the whole customer service purge trend. 
Um, I think her name starts with an M. Marianne. Marianne, who does it. Jillian, who is um, a part of that community as well. Um, Caitlin Tuhey. Um, Ninja Babes. Take Hey. Um, Savvy Sauces. And, like, other people like that. Um, there is... Oh, my God. Let's see. There's another one in here that... Oh, Paloma. Paloma. Yeah. Paloma. Um, she is also a part of this community and she does like customer service things and stuff like that where there's so many different stories about how these customer service workers can get shit on, whether you're a server, whether you're retail, whether you're this, whether you're that. If you're working in customer service or having to deal with customers in some way, shape or capacity, you're going to have like a shitty Karen experience every single fucking time. You're gonna have that. And a lot of people connect with that. And a lot of people see that on TikTok. And a lot of people feel heard. And then if people speak out about these kind of things, then they're just called entitled, lazy, selfish, um, crybabies, emotional. And a lot of people in that field get shit on a lot. And I'm not saying that we have it worse than other people because you can look at our situation, you can look at anybody's situation, and they will come up with an experience that is like, They'll be able to say, oh, yeah, someone out there has it worse than me. Everyone can fucking say that. Unless you're, like, really just not socially aware or self-aware or anything like that. Then, at that point, if you're, like, socially aware or self-aware in any capacity, you can always find a way to say, there is someone out there that has it worse than me right now. So, with that in mind, I'm not trying to say, like, we have it the worst. But, like, I will say that it is a phenomenon that we see that all of the time we see it all of the time and we're just trying to speak out about it so then we don't have to have that kind of stigma around this anymore so again what she said as well like we're trying to create a life where we refuse to be victims we refuse to live this way anymore and we're trying to reverse the damage and the pressure and all of this anxiety and burnout we're trying to reverse that and it's almost like giving us a little bit of burnout in a different kind of way trying to reverse the burnout that we already have so again my closing statement it's going to be the same as that psych np on tiktok you can either support us or get the fuck out of our way because we're coming whether you like it or not so what are you going to do are you going to support us or are you going to stand or are you going to get out of the way because if you try to comment in some sort of negative fashion or try to shit on us whatsoever, we will shit on you. And with that, um, we are an hour and 14 minutes in. Let's get to closing segments. So, what can Morgan not stop listening to? I would say what's like in my head, but I literally can't hear shit in my head. Um, so, let's see. I am looking through my playlist right now. Um, and I'm seeing what songs that I've been listening to more and more lately. Um, when it comes to actual songs, I feel like the same song as last week. Um, I will be singing that a lot. Complex by Katie Grixon McLeod. I'm pretty sure I pronounced her name right. Complex. Fuck, that song. <sighs> that song just hits different. Literally, it's probably the most beautiful song that I've ever heard as of right now. I love that song more than I can comprehend. Um, ooh, actually. 
I've also been seeing, shout out to Emma Nelson. I need to get her on the show sometime because honestly, I could talk about so much with her. I literally could. Um, but I'm pretty sure this is not on the playlist yet. And if it was on the playlist, it would be a little bit more recent in the podcast, podcast playlist. Let's see. It's not on the playlist. Okay. Ceilings. Ceilings. Lizzie McAlpine. Oh my God. That song just fucking breaks my heart. And it's so beautiful. Dude. Oh, I listen to it in the car. I never skip. I tend to have that song come on as I'm like pulling into work. <laughs> I notice that a lot as I'm pulling into work. And um, it is such a beautiful song. I just added it to work and working myself listening to on Spotify. So you could just get that right away. Um ceilings Lizzie McAlpine if you haven't listened to that song bitch you better because like I'll literally like pull into work at the restaurant that I work at and I will just sit there and I'm like uh ceilings um it's fuck it's such a good song I I I, I remember discovering that song first when I saw it on TikTok um as I was like under the influence so it just hit a lot deeper so then I listened to the whole song literally like five times straight as I was under the influence and I was just crying I was just crying. I'm like, dude, how the fuck? How? Who hurt you? You know, that kind of thing. Um, so that song, please check it out. Um, with that in mind, weekly obsessions. Um, my weekly obsession is my tattoo. Even though right now, like, it it hurts. It does sting a little bit. Because, like, again, I literally went under. You know, like, tattooing is literally just, like, a bunch of needles going in your skin. And if you do it, like, with having, like, a couple of walk-in break, like, walking breaks for, like, five minutes at a time. Or if you're having, like, a big, like, 20-minute break. But then you're getting tattooed for basically... If you're there for, like, nine and a half hours and you're getting, like, a couple of five-minute breaks. Which, again, was totally consensual on my part. Like, I, pr I'm pretty sure I was the one that initiated a lot of these breaks. And if I wasn't able to initiate these breaks, um, Kitty was able to say, hey, I need to go get this more quick. And I was like, oh, sounds good. I was literally just about to ask you if I could like walk around for like five minutes, you know, that kind of thing and like stretch out. Cause like my ass was getting sore. My legs were getting a little bit more shaky and just like, I was getting a little like stir crazy just sitting in the chair. And like, I wanted to like wiggle my fingers cause like my hand was falling asleep because you know, needles going into my arm for like nine hours straight, you know? Um, so like, I'm not going to complain being like, oh, like, I was forced to do this for nine and a half hours. No, I literally was like, we're going to finish this today. And we were both under the impression that we were going to finish it. And we did. And we were both happy with it. And we are so grateful that this came out the way that it is. And I'm super obsessed with it. I cannot wait until it heals so that it doesn't hurt anymore. <laughs> um, I'm also at the fact where I'm like washing it with like antibacterial soap that isn't scented. And I'm like making sure that it doesn't hit with like too hot of water in the shower when I need a shower. Um, I make sure to moisturize it like every three hours. I'm making, excuse me, I'm making sure that I'm not wearing like sleeves so then I am not covering it or like scratching it at all. Moscato wants to scratch it a lot of the time because she's like, what the fuck is that? And she wants to like pat on my arm, which I literally cannot have her do. So I literally like, as soon as she tries to touch my tattoo, I'm like, absolutely the fuck not. Like girly, you can do this within, you can do this in a month, do this in a month. But right now you literally can't because number one, it hurts. Number two, I don't want to get infected. And also I don't want anything to scratch off prematurely and then cause some issues. Cause like I paid a significant amount of money for this amazing piece of art on my arm. And like Kitty really just worked really, really hard on this as well. It would be an absolute fucking shame 
to see something happen to this. So I'm I'm patiently waiting for it to heal. Um, I cannot wait for it to heal. I'm so fucking excited for it to heal. Um, but that's my obsession. Um, but going into Small Business of the Week, um, we are highlighting Square One Vintage. So Evan and Damien are two 22-year-olds that opened a storefront for their small business about uh, around like back in June, I think. I interviewed them in person back on July 14th. Um, and since I had like a lot of small businesses come to me before that, I was I had to push them off for a little bit because I always like to go in chronological order because like, hey, first come, first serve. Um, but they opened their storefront back in like June. Um, so they've been there for around like two to three months now, um, all surrounding their shared interest of thrifting and finding authentically vintage items. Damien has been thrifting for about four years and Evan has been thrifting for about like seven years. Um, Evan used to run a page based on UNI vintage clothing, which UNI is University of Northern Iowa. Um, and Evan and Damien used to have vintage garage sales together and run pop-up stops around their hometown area. Then they saw this building open up for, uh, for a legitimate storefront for their business and they decided to take a leap and solidify their spot in the community and the world of vintage thrifting and running a small business so these guys have an amazing selection of jeans crewnecks tees caps etc that are all vintage and secondhand clothing i was able to look through all the racks and taking pics of their store and i was finding multiple different pieces that are so cool i literally took home a pink floyd t-shirt i took home a royal caribbean big like long t-shirt a tall t-shirt and it's absolutely like incredible i love that shirt um and then i was able to take home like these really cool vintage calvin klein jeans that are like this bright blue um if you look on my personal instagram k-i-n-d-a underscore m-o-r-g-a-n-n i was able to take a couple of photos in these jeans um and i was able to interview the small business of the week which will be coming up next week Ooh, hints hints it's all coming together um but I was able to have those jeans on and they're so flattering. They're so nice and they're vintage so I could feel good about putting this on my body. Um, and pff, it's so cool. It's literally like that feeling you get when you're at the thrift store and then you find like an absolute gem of a clothing item and then you take it home with you and you get filled with so much serotonin after discovering this one item. Yeah, their whole store is basically like that. <laughs> um, for the future, um, Evan and Damien are planning on a big drop with products once the school year starts, which the school year has already started. So they have had a drop and they're just constantly getting new products in the shop. Um, they're also setting their sights on participating in vintage market events with their friends that also have an interest in thrifting and vintage items like they do. They also want to start up their website someday, so you'll be able to keep tabs on them for when they do. Um, a lot of what they do right now is just community-based around the Cedar Falls area. Um, but once they open their website, it's gonna be open to more of like the public outside of Iowa, outside of the country. It's gonna be maybe more of like an international thing. And I'm so excited for these guys. Like I can tell they have like a really big passion for this. And it's really cool to see their drive, to see their passion, to see like the cool stuff that they come up with. So you can find them on Instagram and TikTok at square number one CF, which is the hashtag. It's just S-Q-U-A-R-E one not spelled out just like the actual number cf and then you can find them at their storefront in cedar falls iowa their storefront address is 100 e second street suite 105 cedar falls iowa and yeah just check them out and keep tabs on them for every little project and drop that they have coming up and with that speaking of keeping up with people keep up with me shall we so my official per 
wow, I went on a rant for longer than I thought I was going to. <laughs> and I am now just like, like my voice is just like, huh. Um, my links and socials. So my official podcast merchandise collab with Scorpio Denim, which now are the artists of the tattoo that I have so graciously and proudly displayed on my forearm. Um, my merch collab is available on their website, scorpiodenim.com, um, which you can get t-shirts on there, crewnecks on there, um, now stickers on there. I'm pretty sure they have them up. I can always check to make sure, but if you don't want to wait for stickers, um, if they're not up on Scorpio Denim yet, um, then, uh, we can get you, like, mugs, we can get you little koozies, we can get you, um, like, pillows, phone cases, tapestries, clocks, anything that you want on the sign, society6.com slash scorpiodenim, they have it. So definitely check them out. Um, my podcast Instagram is nointernalmonologue underscore podcast. My, my official podcast TikTok is no, just nointernalmonologue. My podcast Twitter is N-O-I-N-T underscore monologue. My personal Instagram, as I said before, is K-I-N-D-A underscore M-O-R-G-A-N-N. My personal TikTok is M-O-R-G-A-N underscore L-E-I-G-H-99. My Spotify playlist, what can Morgan not, will not stop listening to with every single little song that I stayed on here, minus a few exceptions, um, will be found under this playlist. Um, I, I'm also available on Spotify, Apple Podcast. Um, I'm available on Anchor as well, which I use that app to distribute my, my podcast, but I also have like a little um, front on there as well. Um, I am on SoundCloud as well. Um, and yeah, you can find me basically everywhere. I'm going to be launching my website soon once I finally get the motivation to finally get out of that. Um, I'm now healing from my pinched nerve in my back, and now having Moscato around is becoming more... Um, it's becoming more manageable and not as much like taking care of a little baby. Of course, she's becoming a little bit more needy and a little bit like she's still very attached to me, but like I don't have to deal with like um, being around her like 24 seven. Like I can leave her alone for like an hour and a half and just let her do her thing and let her buck. Um, and then, you know, feeding her is becoming more of like a scheduleized thing. I'm becoming more not as burnt out with motherhood. <laughs> I say motherhood is like, oh my God, baby. but like, you know, kitten motherhood. Um, and I am feeling a lot more refreshed. I'm feeling more rejuvenated. And at the place that I work at, we actually had a few days off because of renovations, which thank God I needed that time off. Um, and there's a lot more people that are wanting to work there as well. So then we're not as short staffed anymore. So now I'm able to have a little bit more freedom and not be as burnt out which, thank God. Of course, I still work quite a lot, but not as many grueling hours as I used to during the summer. So, thank God. I'm so excited about that. Um, so, I'll be working on my website more and launching my Patreon. I'm going to be saving a lot more money for when my microphones are going to be coming in. I got a little um, LED sign with, like, blue, no internal monologue with, like, a gold backing. It's going to be lined up against my wall so that I can record visual podcast episodes for the Patreon that is going to be launching here pretty soon once I figure all that shit out. Um, investing in an iPad so then I can get merch out to you guys and then I can sell it on my website. I'm going to be figuring out what my services are going to be. So like my services for like small businesses, for other content creators, um, having people on to interview, like talking about these different topics, having like um, topic requests and stuff like that. Just really like having my interest peaked and in talking about it. Um, definitely everything like that is going to be more attainable in the next couple months. So again, stay tuned for that. Stay tuned on all my social media for that. Literally everything under the sun is going to be stated on there, if not here. Um, 
And while we're at it, thank you for listening to me rant for the ne- for the last like hour and a half. I really appreciate you. Um, here's a little reward. Don't forget to book a beauty for service appointment with Cosmo by Kenna and tell her Morgan from No Internal Monologue sent you her way and you'll get a 10% off referral discount if you do from the best cosmetologists around. And yeah, that seems to be it for this episode. Um, I love you guys so much. Thank you guys again for your endless amount of support and thank you for um, all the connections that I've been making so far and thank you for supporting me and just encouraging me um, and just helping me feel like the most authentic, unapologetic, yet just strong person that I can be. Again, with the strength card tattoo tattooed on my arm, I can look down at my forearm and just remember strength and remember how strong I can be as a person, how strong my connection can be, how strong of my arguments can be, and how strong my opinions can be, but also in a way where my integrity is also strong, my intentions are also positive and strong, stuff like that. Um, And yeah, with that in mind, I can't wait to talk to you guys again next week. Um, And with that in mind, yeah, I am going to tune off. Toodaloo, Becker Rose.